Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And And this this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental Mm -hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Dr. Katrina Fury, a psychiatrist. And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker. And this is Analyze Scripts, a podcast where two shrinks analyze the depiction of mental health in movies and TV shows. Our hope is that you learn some legit info about mental mm-hmm. health while feeling like you're chatting with your girlfriends. There is so much misinformation out there and it drives us nuts. And if someday we pay off our student loans or land a sponsorship, like with a lay flat airline or a major beauty brand, even better. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn and your DSM-5 and enjoy. Hi, welcome back. We are so excited you're joining us today to talk about the hit HBO show White Lotus Season 1 as part of our Jennifer Coolidge July celebration. Mm -hmm. We hope everyone had a really wonderful July 4th uh, weekend, um, and we hope you ate all the hot dogs you could get your hands on. Yeah. Um, I did, Portia, want to start a little differently than usual because something just really interesting happened to me during my July 4th celebration. Okay. I went with my family to Legoland, which is 
you know, a really wonderful place for little kids. And on July 4th, they had this like whole celebration. They had really cool fireworks with 3D glasses where when the fireworks exploded, they looked like Legos. I thought that was really cool. And I was really trying to figure out the science, like, because not every light was connected to a Lego. So it had something to do with the Mm -hmm. frequency and the electrons. And I just get really nerdy about these things. But then they also had a fire dancer. Right? Like, would you expect that no, at a child's no, theme park? Nope. And so we... Not Legoland, maybe like Disney World. Yeah, they had a fire dancer. They were really pulling out all the stops. They also had the Brick Street Boys, because uh, everything is like brick-themed, you know, with the Lego brick. Yes. Like, everything's brick-tastic. Uh-huh. And you know I love the Brick Street Boys, so that was titillating. Um, but this fire dancer, we stumbled across her as we were leaving, and obviously we had to stop and watch her. And just imagine... She is like five foot zero at the most, like on a good day. She's itty bitty, um, teeny tiny, wearing a full on white unitard, like full on bodysuit with red and white horizontal stripes. So she looks like a firecracker. And then she had this like beautiful, like bleach blonde hair, but with these long, long bangs and these like bright red lips. Oh no. And I kept worrying like is her hair going to yeah. catch on fire, right? I was just like I loved her look. It was hair is wonderful not or it is I don't know. I would think your hair would catch on yes, fire, yes, but then yes. I think also like the fire they use has got to be not real fire cuz then she starts like eating it. So she's also maybe a fire eater. Okay. Um so it's just I just thought it was really fascinating because she's like in this awesome outfit, a little sensual for Legoland, the theme park, mm. you know? And doing these moves that are, like, not, like, seductive per se, but, like, sensual with, like, fire. It was just really interesting to see all these children watching this. And what I loved is the music she picked. First, obviously, Miley Cyrus, Party in the USA. Getting her fire going. Yep, Sometimes yep. the flames would go out because it was a little windy. Mm-hmm. And she had, like, all sorts of different fire sticks. And then, do you know this song? <laughs> That's, like, the grand finale song. It was like, party in the USA. You know, yeah, yeah. She's, like, dancing around with her little fire sticks. And then she transitions to, like, the fans. It's like a fire fan. And she, like, lights each one slowly and kind of seductively to that song that's, like, light them up. Oh, yeah. Light them up. (laughs) Light them up. Up up your own fire. And it was just, like, wonderful. I don't know. It's just really interesting. That's making me think of... The, yes, the hula dancing yeah, and in White Lotus. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know. And I was just like, it didn't feel like cultural appropriation, I guess, in this case. Um, although in White Lotus, it kind of does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's just really interesting having a fire dancer at a child's theme park, kind of very sensual, really like maybe pushing the line, but not quite. And then I just kept worrying her hair was going to catch on fire. My children would see this like awful traumatic, traumatic yep. thing. Um, and then she was, she ended by like eating the fire. And then my son was like, does she poop fire? And I was like, great question. Great question. We should ask her. Great question. Right. And then I was like, does her esophagus get burned? Like how, what are the ins and outs of being a fire dancer? Like what are the hazards of the trade? You know, there's got to be, I mean, there's a risk of being burned, right? Like, right. Is it like just real fire? Or is it some sort of special fire for fire dancers that's safe to consume? I have no idea. No idea. So if anyone knows, DM us and, yeah. and let us know. Fire. Fire. Um, yeah. So so speaking of things that are hot, 
White Lotus, super hot show. Jennifer Coolidge, super, super hot. hot. Like at all stages of life, mm-hmm. she's the queen. Yep. Um. So yeah, where do you want to start? I think we have to start with Tanya. Mm-hmm. I mean, all weekend it's just so relevant. I kept wanting to do, you know, the want a hot dog real bad <laughs> <I know. laughs> or however she does it yeah which, which i think is from legally blonde yes yep. but you know we'll cover that next time um gosh jennifer coolidge so oh so we see her you know making her way to the white lotus resort mm-hmm. by herself mm-hmm. um and then we learn that she has her mother's ashes in tow mm-hmm. seems like it was a recent death mm-hmm. from how she's you know, acting very appropriately during grief. You know, it's coming in and out. Sometimes she's fine. Other times she's really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and her idea is to kind of leave some of the ashes in the water, you know, off the coast of Hawaii. Right, which mm-hmm. sounds beautiful. And I feel like people do that. Mm-hmm. You know, people yeah. do that. But we see her sort of disembark that little tiny boat that's coming to the White Lotus with all the employees just waving yep. and smiling. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how this series ended with them doing that again, yes. except now we know like more of the backstory. Um, and that made me really sad to see like they're all their fake smiles. Um, and she's just kind of a mess from the jump. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we see her pretty quickly at the spa, right? So she right. heads right down there, and she's she really wants an appointment. They don't, they don't have, have any. any. She's kind of freaking out, she's kind of pushy. Mm-hmm. And then Belinda, the lovely spa manager, or maybe just employee, um, like makes room for her, mm-hmm. right? So right away we see some boundary pushing and crossing. Yep, uh, with Tanya McQuad <laughs> and Belinda, which we just see continue. Mm-hmm. So it kind of starts their relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, again, I'm using relationship with air quotes right now. So because relationships are really two ways. Yes, exactly. But I think as we see with Tanya, mm-hmm. this is a one way relationship. Yes. And I I think that's a theme we see carried through for a lot of these different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Belinda um, provides a service to Tanya that Tanya believes is like life changing mm-hmm. and she's like healed now immediately. Um, and she, you know, wants to spend as much time as possible with Belinda, who, right. you know, is doing her job right. and um, becomes pretty pushy and and almost, though, like, manipulative. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't get soon or right off the bat with, like, the money, right? And her opening a spa together, that comes mm-hmm. a little later, you know, like, midway through the season. But you can just see, you know, Tanya's needs. Mm, um, very needy. Trying to kind of do whatever she wants, crossing inappropriate, you know, employee guest boundaries. Mm-hmm. You can see Belinda feels uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's but also goes along like with it. a really high-end place right. where I'm like, you know, I feel like this probably in some ways is a norm. Like, you go above and beyond for a guest. Oh, and there's probably a lot of entitlement, yes. which I think we see maybe especially with Shane. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> kind of with all of them, though. There's a huge sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see Belinda, you know, sort of bend over backwards to make room for Tanya right at the start. And then Tanya idealizes her right away. Mm-hmm. You know, Belinda is the be-all and end-all, the greatest thing that ever happened to her. She wants to, like, shout it from the rooftops. And how did you feel, Portia, watching that? Did you start to get, like, icky feelings or nervous feelings? Yeah, I mean, I was very uncomfortable with her immediately making room for her at the spa. Me Just too. Because again, I mean, the show, I'm like, okay, like this is uh, clearly intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was hard 
just as a side note to separate Tanya from Jennifer Coolidge because yeah. I love Jennifer Coolidge I know. so much and I, I don't, was like I don't think I don't she's care, like that for real know, like yeah. Tanya you do you but like yeah like Tanya definitely made me feel like icky do you think that's because we're in mental health and so we're picking up on the splitting and the idealization and we know the devaluation will come like do you think mm-hmm. the average person without that point of view would necessarily pick that up right away not in the same way. You like, think? they might be turned off by her just from, like, entitlement. Yeah, and, like, the pushiness. Right, versus, like, maybe the why or, like, mm-hmm. you know, it being idealization and then waiting, like you said, for there to come devaluation, right. which is sucks. And, and Belinda was very, like, devastated at the end. So right. I think, you know, they talk about, which we'll get into more, but borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Tanya feels um, a little borderline to me. Right as I was watching it, I got really nervous for Belinda because I just already was getting that uh, borderline personality disorder flavor Mm -hmm. from Tanya. And that quick idealization is like a telltale sign. Um, Even if you don't meet full criteria for a BPD, which is, you know, the acronym for borderline personality disorder, often that quick idealization. I think we learn pretty early in our training, like when you have a new patient who's just like, oh, my gosh. No psychiatrist has ever helped me in the way mm-hmm. you're helping me. You're the best. You're amazing. Yep. Can I pay you more? Can I write you a good review? Blah, blah, blah. You learn to think, uh-oh, there's something up here, mm-hmm. right? Like it's I, 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 And it's hard because sometimes I think people's traits are more, what do I want to say, like hidden, where it's like mm. you might always see the right the positive side you might be always idealized by someone for years yes and have no idea right and all of a sudden there's like a switch flip as again you know happens throughout the six episodes that we see with belinda and tanya but you know sometimes we we have no idea and other times it's so big it's like fast friends and people can be fast friends but you know sometimes fast friends is really just like someone might have a little yeah exactly personality disorder and you're so right it it really depends on what side of the split you're on so Mm -hmm. again people with BPD traits or borderline personality disorder, much like we see here with Tanya, really see things in a black or white way. And they feel things that way. That's sort of their thoughts. Um, we've we've talked about that in, in prior episodes. So you're either all good or all bad. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to sort of see you as a mix of both. And it, that reflects their inability to see themselves as a mix of both. Yep. So if you're on the good side of the split, like you said, for years, you can be like that. And then something might happen, like a late fee or... Mm-hmm a perceived insensitivity to something they're saying or you know it could be something big it could be something small then you're very you're very quickly devalued and on the bad side of the split mm-hmm. and that sucks that yeah. feels real bad sometimes you're on the bad side of the split like right, right away. away and you know it yep. and that's why it's very helpful um to treat patients with these traits as a team um so then all team members can kind of support mm-hmm. each other and also see um sort of the clinical pathology and a, and a fuller view. Um, but we see that right away with Tanya idealizing Belinda. And I was just waiting for her to meet a man and drop Belinda, yeah. you know, as quick as possible. And unfortunately, we see that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, like, I I was curious of who Jennifer Kuhl, Tanya, <laughs> Tanya, 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 would also interact with like of the other guests yeah um and then you know that's her, a great point her her lover greg 
kind of came out of nowhere you know Mm -hmm. he wasn't like one of the main cast members so i think that was just like interesting um but her and wise writing right Mm -hmm. that it wasn't like someone she met on the ship or it wasn't anyone she'd even formed a minimal connection with it was like accidental by chance really quick Mm -hmm. hot and heavy yep that's how it goes very intense so Mm -hmm. intense emotions are again pretty common with a lot of personality disorders but specifically with bpd um and also you know just thinking about what we learn from Tanya's past, she alludes yes. to her mother having BPD. Yes. There are some genetic markers of BPD, but also it's just really hard, again, with attachment. Yes. Um, there's a lot of attachment trauma um, in patients who have borderline personality disorder. Right, right. And so, right, so if Tanya, you know, when they're on the the little boat, she's supposed to spread the ashes and they're with uh, Shane and Rachel. Yes. Dad. I loved that so much. Um, and she's like kind of given a eulogy of sorts, mm-hmm. you know, and like talking about her deceased mom. I was like, all of this tracks, again, A-plus writing, like this tracks, yeah. this sort of upbringing would um, potentially lead to someone displaying behaviors mm-hmm. and traits that Tanya is. So, you know, her mom, who was, like, obsessed with men, and it sounds like would often prioritize her romantic yep. relationships over her relationship with Tanya. And then we see that play out, you know, mm-hmm. when she meets Greg. Um and she even says, like you said, that her mom has BPD. And, and you know, you, you do sort of learn how to behave as an adult from your early attachment figures yep. and, and what's modeled for you. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't she, you know, display some of these traits? I would imagine that her mom would have been a bigger personality disorder. And, like, Tanya still has those traits and mm-hmm. we see them. But maybe I'm imagining her mom would have been even more yeah. big and I feel chaotic. like also, like, maybe more cruel. Yeah. Like, Tanya, I think it's almost like has the lacking self-awareness and it's yes. just really like self-centered. Um, yes. You know, it's like only her needs are the most important. I don't, I also don't think that that's like intentional. I think she's just like yes. moving through life, like trying right. to get her needs met. It's not malicious. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it doesn't feel like Logan Roy. Right. But I wonder if her mom did mm-hmm. or if her mom was like, you know, the mom from Succession. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great point, Portia. Um, and again, what you just brought up, I thought was really interesting. Like, which of the other guests did she interact with? Like, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it was the ones who were younger than her. Mm. It wasn't like the Mossbacher family parents. Right. It wasn't really Armand, except to, like, get, you know. Belinda. Belinda. <laughs> it was like Belinda was the only adult she interacted with to get her needs met. There was also a racial difference, which I thought was important mm. and interesting. And, and a, um, like, socioeconomic difference. Huge. Um, and again, I feel like Tanya ends up connecting herself to people who use her um, while she's using them. So her relationships are are very transactional, mm-hmm. right? And like, uh, I just think that makes a lot of sense. Even if she's not maliciously using people, unconsciously she is. Right. But then she's also picking people who are like, Belinda was kind of doing that with her too, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was like, oh. Maybe I could get my own spot right. and, you know, finally, like, living out that dream. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. And then Tanya interacts with Olivia and Paula, just, like, commenting mm-hmm. on their appearance and their skin, right? It's, oh, it's so porcelain. She's, like, trying to feel their faces. And they're yeah. like, this ladies. Yeah. And they're, like, young and mm-hmm. beautiful. And, um, yeah, again, just interesting people to try to attach to. You know, it, it makes me wonder, like, what psychological age Tanya is. Yes. You know, we often think of, like, chronological age as being different from your psychological age. And sometimes, you know, I, I feel like I hear this in in society and in the media of, like, child stars. Like, you kind of get stuck mm-hmm. at the age you became famous. 
Um, and I think that might be related to like the trauma right. of fame. And, and I feel like we do see that, right? Do yeah. you see that? That people seem sort of psychologically stuck at the age of trauma occurred mm-hmm. or, or something like that. No, definitely. And I think too, like the – in Tanya's character, it feels way more, um, I don't know, intense where she's stuck like in childhood versus mm-hmm. maybe some other patients. You know, I can think off the top of my head that I've interacted who have BPD where she just um, – even like her temper tantrums, yes. right? It's like she's so good at playing, you know, being a child when she's seeking reassurance yes. so frequently. She's like following Greg around, like yes. literally hiding. I was like, I mean, it's comical because of the show, but it's like she is acting like a child. Yes, like a five-year-old, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, 100%. Um, and even with Greg, like when she was finally like, I'm going to peel back all the layers of the onion and really let him see it, you know? And like she did. She let it all out. And I felt like that was a great depiction of the sort of core fear of patients with BPD, of abandonment Mm -hmm. and loss and attachment, this sort of, you know, I hate you, but don't leave me. You know, like, I'm going to leave you first because it would hurt too much if you left me, but don't leave me. Or I'm going to give you an excuse to leave. Yes. By acting, right? I'm acting in this huge way. I'm pushing you away intentionally. So then I have a reason. Okay, I know why. Right. And also, or it's sort of like a test. Right. And Greg stayed. Mm -hmm. And I think she interprets that as like true love. I think he just wanted to have sex. You know, I think he wanted just wanted to have sex. I'm not sure if he saw it going anywhere further than that night. But then I'm thinking and I, I have not watched season two. So I'm saying this kind of blind. But I also think that based on what he had done for a living, which is not being an activist for Black Lives Matter, but I loved that some, by like, the way. That was thing. hilarious. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> he's like Belinda, he's with the BLM, and then Belinda's like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, okay. Because <sighs> in her face, while he's telling her that, she's just like, oh, like with the BLM. How did she get into that? I loved that whole dinner conversation. We're just like, how'd she get into activism? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So he's in like wildlife. It seems management, fisheries, something like that. In like. Colorado in the West. Yeah. Because then she's like, oh, well, when I'm in Aspen, like, let's meet up. And I think then for him, he's seeing, in my opinion, Mm. like this opportunity to be with this woman who seems a little damaged to him. Yeah. He now then maybe can take advantage of. For her money. Mm -hmm. Right. Like in hearing that, he was like, hmm, this woman's got money. There's something up here. I was really worried about Greg and all his coughing fits. Yeah. And I'm like, do you have COPD? Do you have a lung tumor? Like, why are you coughing? Do you have asthma? Like, yeah. what is going on with I you, I forgot Greg? about that. I kept being really nervous he was going to drop dead. Me too. Like, while they were having sex or soon after. Yes, right, or right after <laughs> they were connecting, right? And then yeah. there'd be another person leaving her. In the ultimate mm-hmm. way, yep. right? I was really worried about that happening. So I wonder if the writers were always, like, teasing us with mm-hmm. that or if that might come later. I don't really know. Um, But again, she quickly attaches herself to Greg, who doesn't feel like a secure, healthy attachment figure. And again, it's like, I can't really put my finger on why. I'm just getting a vibe. Yeah. He's not it, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, he doesn't seem safe for her. Right. But she is immediately attracted to him like a magnet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for me watching this whole series, that was like the thing that kept crossing my mind is like, why are these characters attracted to who they're attracted to mm-hmm. when it's so clear that these are kind of like unhealthy relationship dynamics, but they don't leave? Yep. And I think we really see that with Shane and Rachel. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I with Rachel and Shane Patton, I feel like I have a hot take with that. Yes. I don't like Rachel and I prefer Shane. What? Yeah, I know. Oh, 
Oh, your team Shane? Yeah. Ugh, I don't think anyone's team I Shane. Know. <laughs> I know. And I don't know what that says about me, but that's okay. So I just think that Rachel needs to get her stuff together. Mm. And I, it bothers me. And maybe this is something I can talk about in, you know, supervision or therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Why it bothers me so much. But like, I'm just like, come on, girl. Like, Shane is not hiding himself that well. That's He's true. Not, you know, this like sociopathic malignant narcissist he's That's like a stuck-up rich spoiled brat boy who mm-hmm. you know married her because she's beautiful and right. he has a lot of money and it's just like now all of a sudden she's like seeing it and i'm just like really? really yeah like i don't think it was hidden before although i guess sometimes like i have heard of some relationships mm-hmm. um and again I, I don't think this is uncommon where you think you're marrying one person and then it's like the mask falls yeah, off yeah um so maybe that happened but shane doesn't like seem smart enough right that to have been the case he doesn't he seems right? like he has zero depth. like a frat boy <laughs> you know like he's wearing his what like cornell hat yeah. or something um which i'm sure he got in by mm-hmm. having a legacy know, a, a generational mm-hmm. tie um yeah i don't think he, he doesn't strike me as the kind of narcissist to be smart enough to hide that mm-hmm. very well it's really out there and, the, and again he's like living his authentic self i guess so maybe <laughs> it sounds like maybe that's why you're annoyed with her yeah so i mean i don't know and then you told me about his mom oh i love molly shannon so much and everything and then when she showed up right like he'd called her over and over and over being so annoyed about the pineapple get the pineapple sweet even though they got like this other beautiful mm-hmm. sweet um and just like a child having a temper tantrum going yep. to mommy, then she shows up. Can yes. you imagine no. if your mother-in-law showed up on your honeymoon? I can't. I mean, I can't think of, like, how that would be ever be okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he's just like, mom, mm-hmm. hey. And her <sighs> face is just like, this is not happening. Right. Like, is this real? Is like, this or, real? Is this a mirage yeah. from being in Hawaii <laughs> or in the sun? All the pina coladas. Yeah. And then it's just like, you know, you get the sense that Shane and his mom, Kitty, are, are enmeshed. And then you really see just how enmeshed they are yes and she's like well you know i'm going to this other place with my best friend from all time but i thought i'd stop here first i hope that's okay and you can see rachel's just like i have to say it's okay but it's really not yeah and like her face is so obvious too it's like she's not even trying which like maybe she is but again like you're not even trying to hide your disdain which i get again that's like super appropriate but like within their context again that's why i'm like come on how did you not see this i know but maybe it's like now she's really seeing Mm. it maybe there was some shred of suppression or denial that was keeping her in the relationship Mm -hmm. with Shane. Again, with this series, I'm so curious about like, why do they stay connected to these people? And it's like, I think Shane was connected to her for her beauty. Like, that's her power. And then she, I think, is connected to him because of his money Mm -hmm. and the the privilege and the the access. And she says that, you know, bopping around New York City was really fun. And now she's realizing like, there's like a price to pay Mm -hmm. for that privilege. It's like golden handcuffs. And Kitty's part of the deal. And Mm -hmm. I also thought that the actresses portrayed that mother-in-law, daughter-in-law competition so well. More so from Kitty's perspective, you could tell that the fact that she was beautiful, like really bothered her, Mm -hmm. right? That like now she's not the number one woman in his life. I want to know if there's a dad um, uh, like I think if she, they're divorced, if, if he's he alive, died, yeah, or if she had always the money. So she said she had family money. Um, I remember she was telling Rachel that, like, that's why, like, if she and her husband ever split up, she'd be okay because she didn't have family mm. money to fall back okay. on. Sort of like bragging because she knows Rachel doesn't. Um, but then it sounds like whoever the dad is had more money. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
actually, that's really interesting that there was no mention of him at all. Especially with just like mother-son dynamic then. Mm -hmm. Is that why they're so enmeshed? You know, Mm -hmm. would they have been less if there was like a third Mm -hmm. family member? Mm -hmm. You know, he seems, again, I don't think there's other kids. He seems like an only child. Or at least they don't talk about him if there are. So, I mean, that too can just happen, like, you know, to Mm -hmm. a parent-child. Like, you, it's a different type of relationship than Mm -hmm. if you have two parents or, you know, siblings. Or siblings or things like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's actually a really interesting point. Uh, they were and, so funny though like that when uh, kitty and shane and rachel are all at that dinner and rachel like is already having an identity crisis and now mm-hmm. here's her mother-in-law who is like i think she's like oh god this is what i'm gonna be or what shane wants me to be and i don't know if that's who i want right. to be and they're all like why don't you want to be this like this is great and they're doing like that money 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 mm-hmm. money money dance while the hula people mm-hmm. are hooling in the background i just like it was so sickening and you could see on rachel's face she's like oh my god you guys are doing this like yeah. in public but that's who they are right and they're also not hiding it i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Like any shred, right? Any shred. So that juxtaposition after we like talk to and meet Kai, right? And like knowing that like Mm -hmm. the land was taken and that a lot of them work there and that that his family is mad because he works there because some people don't and protest Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So like we have that whole storyline kind of going off to the side and then... The Patton yes. family are just like money, 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 watching like, right? like the people who live there. That it's a part of their culture and meaningful. Like right. this performance that they're just like singing to money. Right. Yeah. Again, like beautiful juxtaposition, um, beautiful writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely makes you feel icky. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shane is not lovable, right? Like he flirts with underage oh, girls in front of Rachel, literally so on their gross. honeymoon. Like that's gross. That's gross. And such a power move. Mm-hmm. I can't remember now if she was already sort of expressing some hesitations or some unhappiness on the honeymoon, if he was sort of like showing her like, whatever, like mm-hmm. I'll be fine kind of thing. Um, or if he didn't know, if he really couldn't comprehend why she'd be hurt by right. that. Right. It I was just, know. it was weird. And then when she's telling him, I mean, again, I don't know if anyone else felt this way or if I was the only one in, you know, the world (laughs) watching. But, like, I felt sorry for him. Like, he had no idea from this point because he has zero self-awareness. Yeah. Like, he had not a clue, which is, again, like, shocking because it's so obvious. Right. He wasn't picking up anything. No. And so when she's telling him, like, basically, like, I don't like you and I just I think I made a mistake. Yeah. Like, he's sad because, like, again, like, duh, like, you are going to be sad. And he's just like, why? Like, what do you mean? Like, and it's just, it, it's funny. I mean, it's comedy, not, but his just whole, and then he's being gaslit by Armand because he's He's right. Like, they did book that room. Armand is kind of messing with him. Yes, he, true. They didn't he, yeah. get the free boat ride. It was Jennifer 
Tanya. Yeah. It was Tanya <laughs> paid for. That's why he said it was free. It was not right, free. Right. And then he knew that she was having this like emotional Well, he did experience. that on purpose to like get back at him. Exactly. Because he was like driving him nuts. Exactly. But again, you're right. Like Shane was correct. They didn't get the correct room. They did pay for it. They should at least get like the refund. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Shane is like so oh, yeah. checking That's over weird. and over mm-hmm. just it's like so annoying yeah. to me and entitled and like Dude, just enjoy your honeymoon. But he can't. He can't if he doesn't, like, get what he feels yep. like he deserves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the depic- perfect depiction yep. of entitlement. Yep. Um, oh, and then, like, that that just dynamic between Armand and Shane just keeps continuing. And they keep – Shane, I feel like, just keeps up in the ante, up in the ante, up in the ante. Like, he just won't let it go. And he's just really getting under Armand's skin. And you imagine, like, Armand's probably worked there for a long time. Yeah. He's, what, five or six years sober until he falls off the wagon because he finds the bag with all the drugs in it. Um, After Shane, I mean, you know, it's just pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. But Shane is a trigger. Yes. And I I would imagine he has dealt with Shane day in and day out, like for years, and he just can't take it anymore. The last Shane, the last straw. And it literally is the last Shane because unfortunately, Armand dies. Oh, like at the beginning. Did you see that coming? I I mean obviously we knew someone died right. because like it opens with uh I thought it was Rachel because I, of Shane in the airport was like no I'm alone like I mean the yeah. first scene I was like it's Rachel but then I, was I was worried like, she maybe committed suicide or mm. something um I didn't see it coming until like the final scene where he's like pooping in the suitcase after and he then, does the dinner service right he's like oh on you know he's so manic from drugs oh, and like doing cocaine all night and, and i love that's my favorite line of the whole show when he comes back and he's like that was the best fucking dinner yeah. seating of all time and they're like yeah yeah you know and and the orchestra like, was playing while while he's oh, managing it oh it was just you were really feeling it like you're really in armand's mind and then he just but again like the fa- for shane to get him fired Right. To like just really go yeah. that far is why I don't like it. Like him, you're Portia. ruining people's livelihoods. Their livelihoods. Yeah. Like, okay, they made a mistake. Like, let it go. Mm-hmm. My he God, can't. he can't. But I mean, to just keep really. And he doesn't care no. that someone's going to get fired. He and doesn't Rachel care that like Rachel's disgusted. like a shell of a human, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe Rachel hadn't seen it to that degree. Mm-hmm. I would have to assume. Like, I mean, like that's we're gonna, what we got to give her the benefit of the yeah. doubt, right? Um, oh, my God. And then when Armand is pooping in the luggage, I, I like, oh. laughed out loud watching that scene. I was like, oh, my God. And my, my husband hadn't seen it at all. And I was like, come look at this. <laughs> and he's like, this is weird. And I was like, it's Armand. He's pooping in this. Because he just can't take it anymore. And he he's didn't, been... like, wipe. He just, like, pulled his pants up. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. I mean, I think he was high. Yeah. So I don't think he really knew what he was it's doing. Uh, what's he going to wipe with the shirt? He should have yeah, wiped with the shirt. He could have. He could have really on the made. Bed, yeah. Speeching. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like the nail in the coffin, just smearing your feces all over. Uh, and what a like uh, primitive form yes. of payback, which yep. again, all of these characters and their personality traits are so primitive and they're all having like temper tantrums mm-hmm. in their own way, even Armand. But I like have so much sympathy for Armand because I feel like they just pushed him to like yeah. a break. Like literally. Shane, like literally, yeah. like, you're going to get fired for this? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what a, oh, it just makes me sick. Yeah. I mean, I, Armand is like. I just, loved him. I loved when he was like lying about finding the bag, like over and over again. Over He's like, yep, over. yeah, well, we'll have to keep it. looking. We, we haven't seen so it. So Armand does lie. Yeah. You know, from the jump, he lies. Um, 
and can't admit like wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, maybe he's like coached to do that. Like maybe they're not supposed to admit fault because then they could get sued or like who knows what. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like that stuff happens all the time though. Like so, like a reservation gets missed and then yeah. it's like then if you're at a nice place, they should then take care of you. You know, if yeah. you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars, it's like then, you know, they should have been like, yeah, you're right. Like we'll comp a night for the inconvenience right or yes well of course we'll give you the difference like give them right. the difference that's all i think but i think wanted. i think they said they would it just didn't clear right oh, away but that okay. doesn't usually clear right away right, right it's just like when you go to any hotel and there's like a security charge it mm-hmm. takes a couple days to come off right um interestingly though like the mosbacher family does get comped yes well <laughs> i would i would hope so it's a little more than a room mix-up yeah. i guess So we have Nicole and um, what's her husband? Mark. Mark and then Olivia and Quinn. And then mm-hmm. Paula is the friend. So what do you think of initially Olivia and Paula? Oh, I just, oh my God. I just loved how woke they were, especially compared to their parents. Um, it was just so humorous. I just felt like it was such a perfect depiction of mm-hmm. like the current generation versus the former generation and like the tensions yeah. there. Um totally accurate like given the political social cultural climate we're in um and i just loved like uh, love in terms of like hated but found humorous you know nicole's like huge sympathy for the white man yeah right and i'm just like (laughs) oh god and and i love which is so interesting because she's this powerful like business ceo and it seems like mark is like you know almost like a stay-at-home dad so it's interesting that within that non-typical role like she is so sympathetic but she has a white male son um and i i don't know i just feel like she is just such a perfect character right like you would think as a female ceo and i'm assuming a male-dominated industry because they all are you'd think she would be like this feminist icon right um and again, I feel like this is maybe what Rachel's article was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, well, she's not really. She yeah. kind of rode the the wave of Me Too right. to get to where she oh, was. Yeah, like, maybe that that's was what it was about. Maybe mm-hmm. that's true. You know? Right. Um, but she's like not really a feminist icon. Yeah. And I find that interesting. Like, is she insecure in her own power? I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. But I loved when they were at dinner and Olivia was like, Mom, good news. I looked and I checked. All the white men are doing just fine. Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) I, like, didn't really like Olivia and Paula. Just, like, they were mean girls. I mean, besides their, like, woke nature. And Olivia's felt really just targeted toward her parents. Yes. And, yeah. And I think, um, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I did think the mom and dad were pointing out something accurate. Like, you are so mad at us. But our privilege gives you right, your life. Right. And you're just like so unappreciative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, and I think too, like it felt her, Olivia and Paula's relationship felt like gross to me right off mm-hmm. the get go. And just like they weren't really telling each other things. Olivia seemed really sp- suspicious of Paula. And then Paula was really also s- suspicious mm-hmm. of um, Olivia with knowing about Kai, like lying, hiding yeah. texts. No, I didn't go out. And Olivia's yeah. like, I literally, like she didn't say though, I followed you. Like she kept a lot of that secret. I also was very upset with how they treated Quinn. Yes. Like really, really, really mean. Like he was a dog. Yeah. yeah like, like really mean. Sleep in the closet. Closet, um, constant putting him down. He felt um, a little like he could have been on the spectrum. I he had a that. little bit of some traits. Um, in other ways, he seemed like pretty typical. But you know, mm-hmm. some things that Olivia had pointed out, I was like, hmm. And then that made me even more mad that she, was, she was treating so him like that. Yeah. yeah. No. I. Yeah. I could see that. Um, maybe what we used to call Aspergers mm-hmm. or something. Um, 
I think like with Olivia and Paula, at first I thought they were good friends. Like, oh, they met in college. And um, I did think it was interesting that Paula was a woman of color, like on this trip and just really curious, like what's her take on all of Mm this? Um, I don't know how they got all those drugs there. Like, did they buy them there? Did they smuggle them somehow? Because some the of airport? them were not prescribed. Like a lot of them were prescription based, but like, not the, like weed the ketamine. Wasn't, the ketamine was <laughs> the pipe. Like all these mm-hmm. things. I loved though when like someone pulled out. So like how they just kept being like, "Oh, I forgot, I have this drug. Oh wait, I have this drug. Oh my god, I forgot, I have my pipe." Like they just had all yeah. This and you stuff. can't fly commercially with that. And they didn't. Maybe fly, they didn't though. That's but a good they point. They got on. Um, they they got like on a commercial flight leaving. So I mean, mm-hmm. I'm you know making an assumption that they maybe they did. Maybe they took a you know pj down but we're flying commercial on the way back but yeah, try to save some money i know? think paula like initially you like her because she is um you know kind of calling people out but then i think she really kind of chooses her privilege with kai she does not call him when they're going back to the room and that's like a big question of why i was listening to the hbo is podcast um covering white lotus and they talked about that a lot like she had her phone with her (gasps) and she had kai's number and she did not contact him she just like looked scared and then she put her neck the necklace that he gave her into the water and it was just like what are you doing yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't make that connection about like she could have called him mm-hmm. to warn him or say like get out. Like that was all her idea. Yes, and he like really didn't want to do it, right. but and then she did him. it. And again, I think it's because like again, I feel like Olivia and Paula is another transactional relationship. Like I feel like Olivia uses Paula to be like, "See, look, yep. I'm woke. I have friends of color." Like mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But not not really, right? And then we learned that like, I think maybe Paula's with Olivia to, like, go on the trip. Yeah. Maybe. You know, she probably went for free. Um, I don't really know what else they're, mm-hmm. like, attracted to each other with in terms of their friendship. Um, but because then we learn that Olivia, like, stole Paula's boyfriend. Right. So it's like, why do you stay friends with her? Right. Like, why? Mm-hmm. And then I think that's why Paula didn't tell her about Kai because she was worried it happened again. Yeah. Rightfully so. And we see that it kind of does yeah. start to happen yeah. again. And then I think Paula gets so pissed that she concocts this whole plan. Which, again, is, like, not okay. I mean, like... Not okay. Like, it's huge yeah. risk. And Kai even says, he's like, the Mossbacher family didn't take our land. Like, white people did, right. but they didn't. So this is just, like, stealing and stuff. But then she does kind of get in his head. And mm-hmm. is that manipulative or... Of like, a vulnerable person. Yeah, yeah, it is manipulative. Because Paula is then leaving, right? And Paula's he even leaving. asked her, you know, to stay. And she's like, no, I'm going back. But I like, have college to get to. I have a yeah, life to get to. Right. You know, this was just like a little fling. But then, yeah, she's using Kai to get back at this mm-hmm. family who, again, has taken her on this trip. They're very problematic in their own ways, like not to give them a pass. Um but it hurts everyone. I do think we feel we see remorse. Yeah. Like she seems genuinely mm-hmm. remorseful and sad. But then it's it's. I don't know if this. I'm sure everything is intentional always because they're good writers. But on the um, last like boat trip that they all take, mm. Paula is like seasick. Yes, and she's just like vomiting, <laughs> vomiting and vomiting, Olivia's vomiting. like just looking at her because she knows what happened. Right. She knows that she did that, and she's just like, oh yeah, like maybe she should have a soda. Like they are not at that point interacting really at all. Olivia is a realigning with her family which which again in the in the show like seems good right that she's finally like hugging her mom and like reconnecting and like (laughs) 
things like that. She's maybe mm-hmm. seeing her parents as some good and some bad, not all good or all mm-hmm. bad. I did think it was hilarious when Nicole was like coaching Olivia on how to hold her friend's hair back while she's vomiting, yes. like as if Olivia doesn't know how to like yep. be there for a friend. You know, she's like, yep. pull that piece up, pull that piece mm-hmm. up. Like, you know, Paul, I'm going to get you a ginger ale, yeah. honey, you know. <laughs> and I loved how, like, every time, like, Paula needs an, an uh, Tylenol because she's allergic to ibuprofen. You know, Paula has this allergy. Paula is, mm-hmm. like, just Paula's, like, she so, needs her out of van. Yeah, she's just so high-maintenance, this Paula friend, you know. It's just so ridiculous in an over-the-top way. Yeah, I mean, they're such a funny family. And, you know, we see Quinn stay in Hawaii. I was, like, like really happy scene. for him. I don't know. How would you feel about that? And we ran back. Yeah, like, the show-wise, I feel like it's great for him. It yeah. did make me think of this interesting, like, little fun fact. So um, Hawaii actually does have a problem with young people, like, like from young the runaways mainland going there and then becoming homeless. Mm. So I know – do you know what woofing is? No. It's like work on farm. I think there's another – word in there but a lot of college kids and people do it so you get free room and board typically food as well and you can work at a farm like for the summer for a like a weeks. marijuana farm or any farm any farm okay i, I said marijuana because i've heard of something like mm-hmm. this in hawaii on specifically on a oh, marijuana okay. farm so i didn't know if it was specific to that or like any farm so the person that i know went to maui through a wolfing program was not marijuana farm which is like a regular farm but they okay. asked this person um, like made sure that they were returning to college. Like they had all these like stipulations because so many people go down there to wolf and then don't leave and then become like homeless. And then, you know, there's, there's a lot of there's like limited so resources. Small, so there's yeah. limited resources. So I, I thought that was just interesting. That is interesting. Um, I don't think he, deal. I think they go and fetch him. <laughs> Like, I think this isn't a home alone situation. Yeah. Like, I think they have the means and He's they will go find him. He's living his best him. life there. I know. I'm like, you go row that boat or canoe. Oh, I loved Quinn and the technology, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, he's like freaking out because yeah. he lost all his technology. Like bah, 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 bah. And then finally, he's like, wow, the ocean is really beautiful. You he know? stays out there. Yeah. I was like, yes, he's sleeping. And then that group of men who are doing the um, paddle, like the, the rowing around and stuff. the island, like really take to him and are really kind, mm-hmm. which he seems to not be getting from his family yeah yeah like you can see why he felt like wanted and needed mm-hmm. and included and um like that seemed really important to him mm-hmm. you know yeah. but i guess he's only 16 yeah. so i can see yeah. why his parents yeah. wouldn't want him to stay yeah, it makes a lot of sense um, and then mark so we see mark oh. be i think just like inappropriate a lot like he again talk about boundaries yeah. or lack shares of. too much with quinn with everyone talking about his swollen testicles you know, you could just leave it at, like, I got a medical issue. Mm-hmm. Find out you about know? his father. Who, has a really you know, big reaction to it. He's questioning his life. He seems like in a little bit of a midlife crisis based yeah. on all those things. He mm-hmm. finds out about his dad, and then he also finds out that he does not have cancer. Right. He's just like, like a cancer scare. There's a lot know? going on. Yep. And then he's like, I, I can see, though, how, like, learning that about his dad makes him feel like, did I really know you? And then mm-hmm. he wants his son to really know him. Albeit in like an inappropriate way. And I felt like, you know, that conversation between him and Nicole was really well written and that she was like, you didn't think about how this would affect Mm -hmm. me now. Like I was originally hurt by your actions and now you're hurting me again because you're telling her children I didn't want them to know. And now I'm going to have to explain why I Why did I stay for these $75,000 bracelets, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was really interesting. I loved when Mark was just getting drunker and drunker and drunker. And, like, seeing all the guests and, like, just being ridiculous and then, like, asking Armand, like, what's that like to have sex with a man? And Armand's like, you want to find out? Yeah. And he was like, oh. (laughs) He, like, went too far, you know? I just also couldn't – I couldn't take him, like, beating on his chest. Oh. It was just – 
But it was perfect, right? It was just yeah. like so perfect. Like just the like the white man, he's got to beat his chest and feel powerful when yeah. his wife is the one kind of with the power in the relationship. Um, but then he gets the power by tackling Kai and saving them all. I know. And then finally like, oh, now we're happy again. Mm-hmm. It's just it's trauma bonds people. Trauma bonding. Yeah. Um, so what do you think like kept Nicole and Mark together? Like, what do you think attracted them and, like, kept them together? Sort of how we've talked about, like, Tanya and Greg, Mm. Shane and Rachel. Like, what do you think it was with them? I feel like I want to say that they probably started out pretty even. And I'm, again, making this all up. Maybe they met in college. Yeah, the same same kind of power dynamic. I feel like, and this is very stereotypical, that he cheated as Nicole probably got more and more and more successful um, successful, and maybe, like, distant, like, Mm -hmm. working, like, gone all the time. Not, you know... In my opinion, not a reason to cheat, but I think that's maybe what kind of was the worst part of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And maybe they chose to stay because of their kids, the kids. maybe because it was convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they just chose to kind of have like a different kind of partnership moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now it seems like after, again, this like traumatic event with the stolen goods, um, they feel more in touch with each other. Like again. more connected. Yeah, and but- more maybe even. Mm. Well, he, he, like, I mean, I guess, like, tackling someone is, like, such a masculine, mm-hmm. heroic thing to do. And she was so mad at him. And then he, like, came after her, you know. So yep. he didn't just, like, leave her alone in her sorrows. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of did, quote, unquote, save her. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's questionable. I don't think Kai was going to, like, hurt her. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was just, like... Please stay there so I can get out of here. Situation that then got worse, right? It's not even like he got caught stealing. It's like then he there was like you know I'm sure an assault word going to get thrown in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know he probably went to jail for a long time. Yeah, he lost his job, went to jail. Like the whole thing backfired. You know who didn't get in trouble? Paula. Yeah, probably. Maybe though, I don't know. And Olivia just kind of like using it to really get under Paula's Mm -hmm. skin. Like, well, hopefully there's no text messages and right. But, like, can you guys just stop being friends? Like, maybe that would be It's a toxic relationship. Choice. You know? Uh, I mean, were any of the relationships we saw healthy? No? Silence. I know. I don't um, think so. I really I don't, don't. I don't think so. I think the last thing I wanted to end on is Belinda, mm-hmm. who I loved. But what do you think it is about Belinda where she gets used over and over? I think it's got to be, like, a mix of environmental so her mm, role mm-hmm. right like working even even specifically in a spa where mm-hmm. you're doing like different kind of healing mm-hmm. things um and specifically a spa at the white lotus like yep. a very bougie yep. high-end place with a specific mm-hmm. type of clientele maybe so then there's you know the environment piece and i think also like maybe she's really just a, a, on the simple side like a really good listener and yeah. a lot of people aren't used to that or a lot of people are like she seems really off she seems very maternal too and real and, and a lot warm. of the, yeah so maybe you know that's unexpected mm-hmm. from for some especially tanya mm-hmm. like belinda even though, though i think was younger mm-hmm. was still more maternal maternal same yeah. with rachel rachel kind of went to her then yeah. belinda again was being like really appropriate gave her a tissue like yeah asked her if she was all right like but then gave her her cell phone number so it's always like Mm -hmm. with belinda like yes there's some institutional boundaries right that are loose because you're like catering to this clientele but then like why'd you give her your cell phone Mm -hmm. number is it because you're worried about her i think she could really do some work in therapy as to be like holding on to like yes you're worried about her because you're a compassionate human 
And you don't, you're not responsible right. for her. And so maybe there's you know. something in her life with feeling overly responsible. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, not a diagnosis by any means. But I, that happens a lot with it does. patients who are so kind and so giving. Yes. And it often, they often have the worst boundaries. Yes. And they get used and they don't take care of themselves. They don't yep. prioritize themselves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In big ways and in small mm-hmm. ways. Um, so I feel like Belinda could really use some good quality therapy. Um, and I think she could get she could be in an amazing place, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think the others could get therapy and make changes, but like Belinda seems like right on the cusp where she just, I feel like, like she has the most potential to me. Absolutely. You know, than yeah. the others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We also didn't, you know, I'll just briefly mention, we saw like the substance use. So Olivia and Paula, you know, kind of playing around with that. And then we obviously see Armand. And mm-hmm. then I would also take a gander that Tanya seems like she's probably on a benzo oh, and yeah. drinking alcohol. Like, oh, yeah. Just yeah, with, 100%. you know, she seemed kind of out of it. Like, yeah. Yeah, really out of it, kind of dazed and, mm-hmm. like, detached. Mm-hmm. On the cusp of slurring yeah. the words, you yep. know, but not quite there. Yeah. yeah, no. She strikes me as someone who's been on, like, benzos a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And now in her time of grief is, you know, freaking yeah. out, which happens. Yeah. You know, like we've said before, um, we all, you know, regress when you're under stress or grieving mm-hmm. or things like that. And I thought the show just did such a good job displaying such interesting interpersonal dynamics mm-hmm. and such like toxic yeah. and unhealthy relationships. Also like at this point in time in our culture, like it was the perfect time for it to come out. I felt like it touched on really big cultural themes, political themes, societal themes um, in such a smart way. Where I, you know, I, I would like to rewatch it in like 20 years mm-hmm. and just see. Yeah. What do I think then? I'm super excited for White Lotus season two. Yeah. What do you think happens? Well, I know that um, Tanya, Tanya stays. Yeah. And I know that it's all new characters. I did hear that season one has just like the theme of money and like mm. privilege. And I, obviously there's privilege in season two, but season two is more like sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... We'll, we'll have see. to see. Yeah. yeah, stay tuned. It will be coming up this ne- this next month or this yep. current in, month. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. So after this, yep. we're going to release Legally Blonde, another you know fun, lighthearted episode paying homage to Jennifer Coolidge. Is it homage or homage? I don't know. I don't know. Just say it I'm not that fancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, we'll do White Lotus season mm-hmm. two. Awesome. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and you can find us at Analyze Scripts on Instagram and Analyze Scripts Podcast on TikTok. Thanks. Bye. See you next Monday. Bye. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of Analyze Scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.